Welcome back to Trends in Low Places, a comedic exploration of the dumbest stories of the day. I am one of your hosts, Mike Cushing. And I am the Paddington to his Paddington 2, Michael Howard. Which one is better, Michael? Because in my experience, I don't know if Paddington's going to be a trilogy or not. You know, God, everyone's so. after. You know, yeah, I mean, I know you do. All these studios want to franchise. Um, the middle, the middle, the second movie is either usually the best or the weakest. So, you know, it's, it's one of those, it's one of those rare, I'd say it's kind of in the Godfather vein where I think people will argue about whether one or two is better based on, on what you're looking for in a movie. Okay. Uh, and so like, you know, we are equally now, Great, Michael, what would I you think. what would you say? What are the the parallels exactly, plot wise, critically and impo- critical importance, like cultural relevance of pa- the Paddington franchise and Godfather, <laughs> the Godfather? Well, it's kind of like a it's it's like a newer, gentler Godfather where Paddington, you know, he doesn't. He's still in control of everything. He just he's not a dick about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um he's just he's there is no Frodo, right? Everyone in, in the movie is it's exquisitely acted. The, I'm sorry, go the ahead. scenes Can you go are ahead tremendous. And explain this there's there is no Frodo? There's no Frodo in Paddington. Yeah, I didn't think there would be a Frodo in Paddington. Why would there be a Frodo? What sorry, you- Frodo. <laughs> <laughs> You know Frodo Corleone, obviously. If you had been talking to literally anybody else, uh, someone who, one, cared about the Godfather franchise, and two, didn't own two copies of The Silmarillion by J.R. Tolkien, <laughs> I might not have, I might have connected the dots that you meant Fredo and not Frodo, the very small hobbit boy who carried a, the big bad ring to the, to the volcano. I mean, they're basically the same. They both suck equally. Yeah. Frodo um, and Fredo are both worthless. And kind of didn't really do what they were supposed to do and what everyone kind of entrusted them to do. Yeah. Michael, um, the best so. part about this segment that you've decided unilaterally to open the show with is uh-huh. that I've never seen either Paddington movie. I don't care about either of the two Godfather films <laughs> I've seen. And... The eventual jumping off point, I also haven't seen the movie that Paddington 2 has recently eclipsed as apparently the highest ranked movie of all time. The highest ranked. It, perfect. There are there are no negative reviews of the movie Paddington 2 on Rotten Tomatoes. And the only other movie, I guess, according, you know, I could have done research and actually looked into this and seen you know, how accurate it was, but I didn't. So we're just going to go you? with the fact that the only other movie that had all positive reviews uh, was Citizen Kane. Which, not anymore, Citizen Kane. Sorry, you suck. Yeah, you know what? So Paddington I, 2, the best movie ever made. The highest rated, 100% Rotten Tomatoes. And it's rightful place, I think, in the movie Pantheon. Yeah, and Michael, I'm... I mean, Michael, speaking of not doing any research or looking at anything or reading articles, you know, pretty kind of a classic hallmark of this program. Um, I have pulled up the Wikipedia article for Citizen Kane, and they've got the movie poster here. And the two best things that the poster decided to, like, pull from critics was everybody's talking about it, exclamation point. And then in 
a different font. It's terrific, exclamation point. And then there are three other fonts on the... So first of all, terrible graphic design. I'm already turned off by this horrible movie. And, and that um, was back in the day before they had computers. They had to individually typeset each of those fonts. Mm-hmm. Not impressed. It's absurd. Um, and also, so Orson Welles, cool, uh, cool name. That is a pretty good guy. But um, so it's about... The only reason it's big was because people were very excited about Orson Welles making the jump from radio and, and theater to... The talkies, I suppose, although I guess he was already in the talkies, but um, talking pictures. And in my mind, that's like people being really fucking jazzed for Joe Rogan to star in a movie. It's like if Joe Rogan were to be cast as the lead in Fast 10 and everyone's just like, fucking finally are my podcast boys here here on on the on the big silver screen. I don't want that personally. No, I mean, I I I feel like I'm I'm among a minority in my demographic of you know 30 late 30s males white males who just thinks joe rogan's sucks like hard it's kind of hard to respect the man when you when like as a young boy i watched him as the host of fear factor and he made people made people eat cockroaches i'm just like i can't really respect you as an artist or as a (laughs) or as a big thinker (laughs) Yeah, I like like when he first when he first was just smoking weed and then saying weird shit and you were like, okay, fine, whatever. Uh, But then, like, I don't know, people started listening to him as if he knew what the fuck he was talking about and wasn't just making shit up as he went along. Uh, I guess in one sense, he he had very similar to Orson Welles. He has kind of incited a general societal panic uh, and just like crisis of stupidity, much like him reading War of the Worlds on the radio and people freaking out because they thought aliens were invading. So, um, yes, I mean, I guess if like Joe Rogan went on this podcast and did say that like he's heard he doesn't really agree with aliens invading, but he hears that they are here and wants to know more about their ideas. A non insignificant portion of the population apparently would be like, well, fuck, aliens are here. I better better freak out. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that maybe Joe Rogan is the modern day Orson Welles. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and maybe he deserves to be in Fast 10 um, to dethrone Paddington too, the good bear. How dare you? I, again, Michael, I don't know what I'm talking about. I've never seen how either of these you? movies and I haven't listened to a word Joe Rogan has said in 10 years. I, I tried to watch Citizen Kane once, um, but I don't know. I think you probably have a similar problem with old movies that I do and that they suck. Mm-hmm. They're bad. Yeah, like... Everyone always likes to talk about, oh, well, it's the first one that used this technique or this you know film whatever but it's like yeah but they weren't good at it yeah like they're much better at it now so why would like no one goes oh wow the first guy that did a uh you know that made a layup in basketball we should watch that video over and over again you're like no let's watch lebron james dunk on people because that's inherently better it's just a better form of the art that i'm looking at i don't exactly need to know what came before i don't michael but we forgot to mention that the the hero, the hero who finally took Orson Welles and Citizen Kane down a notch and put Paddington to where it belongs, uh, was actually not a recent movie reviewer, but was a from a movie review from 80 years ago, <laughs> May of 1941, in the Chicago Tribune, my hometown paper, just blasting citizen kane for his okay, so once sucks. again chicago shows up to ruin chicago shows a up thing okay 
Um, well, yeah, okay, I was going to ask, because, again, I, I saw the headlines, didn't look into it. I assumed that you personally had written the review. God, I wish I had. That, I wish, uh, I'd be, hey, that would probably be my proudest moment if I yeah, had. Yeah, so this suck shit. What is it you like about Paddington Bear, Michael? I'm, I'm, I'm just wildly curious. I don't know. It's, you know, it's a movie that I turned on expecting to just be a stupid kids movie to watch mm-hmm. while I was high, right? And by the middle of the movie, I was thinking about like immigration policy in the UK and like our treatment of people who who like don't fit in and like all that type of stuff. And it was like it was a I don't know, it just it was a very earnest but also funny and it is he's just a cute bear. He's a cute okay. bear. Okay. And I mean, he wears I love his little bear. outfit and he carries his little lunchbox and he's just He's silly. He gets into so much trouble, Kush, but like you can't be mad at him because he's a bear. Yeah. And I mean, Citizen Kane doesn't have a good outfit. He doesn't get into shenanigans. And I think from what I know of the movie, again, through Wikipedia, he's dead the whole time. <laughs> he's fucking dead the whole time. I don't care. Also, Paddington Paddington and Paddington 2 are the most colorful non-animated movies that I've seen in a long time. Hey, Just Michael, an insane amount of color. Here's one question. Not does Citizen Paddington, Kane, by the way. None. Does Paddington ever uh, go on a sled? Does he own a sled in any of these movies? He doesn't own a lot, but I... I does he, he co-opt ha- one? He, he, I don't know if it's a sled. He definitely slides down lots of things. Okay. Um, in a sled-like manner. What I was going to say, and I, I, I disagreed with the context of this, and I can't find it, but it's something on Twitter, and it was a, um, a Gen Z person mentioning something about millennials doing something and it was a it was a bad take but their response was um we can't be obligated to know everything that happened in history before we were alive so and that's kind of how i feel about movies in this Mm -hmm. case it was a bad take but (laughs) i don't need to know about classic cinema the criterion collection could get fucked i don't care i've got fast nine coming out this summer that's it I do like that you took a bad take and you turned it into a good take by mm-hmm. in a different context. Well, contextually, and that's what's Michael, important. Michael, <laughs> takes are all about context. A bad take in any other situation could definitely be a good, like a, a ice cold, smooth take. In this one, I don't need to know about shit. It's not my <laughs> prerogative to care or know about any movie because who gives a fuck? Exactly, because there is nothing that you can do while watching said movie to affect anyone else's outcomes right but in history you can so you probably should be aware of what happened before yeah yeah no in michael in real life sure definitely in movies no i don't need that i'm glad you know what i'm glad move i'm glad directors and producers have probably watched those movies very important i'm glad they did it so i don't have to they they died on the cross so i didn't have like they died for all those bad movies since and that's great you know what is important though the history of me having watched previous movies because you oh, can sure. learn a lot from that. I have, you can perfect your snack game. You can perfect what types of movies you see in which theaters versus IMAX versus not 40 X. Those are all very important historical markers when it comes to movies. So Mike, I will because say they're about um, me. I would say historical, historical wise, and I do have a story I want to get into, but so I have now that I am uh, full of that good Pfizer juice have twice now ventured back into a actual, actually three times ventured into a movie theater, an you actual maniac. movie theater. Yeah. Yeah. So do you eat popcorn? 
big old bucket of popcorn oh, had a nasty sized Coke Zero. Oh, so good. Uh, so I saw Kong vs. Godzilla. There Godzilla vs. Kong. That was amazing. Uh, just saw Mortal Kombat. And previously, earlier in the pandemic, pre-vaccine, unfortunately, but I did, AMC was letting you rent theaters out for like 99 bucks. So I went, went and saw uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. 99 bucks? I didn't see Raiders of the Lost Ark. I saw Last Crusade. <laughs> 99 bucks. 99 bucks for Raiders of the Lost Ark. But what I did know that I'd picked up on for uh, Godzilla v. Kong and Mortal Kombat was I think having been at home and watched so many movies on my couch during the pandemic and having seen just so many films, Michael, so many, mm. I had an innate sense of when it was okay to go pee. Mm. I could tell, I could tell when a, a lull was about to happen in, in the narrative. And I was like, it's pee pee time. Cause I just had this gigantic Coke zero. That's important to know. Mm-hmm. So if I've developed one COVID superpower, I think <laughs> that might be it. Just the innate pee sense. I I've, I've tapped into the pee force, Michael. See, but like, <sighs> I don't I don't think I I don't think I've tapped into mine because I'm so used to now being, being able to just pause a movie hmm. to pee in a cup whenever I want. Right. Because um, you're you're just watching movies down in your little garden apartment. Yeah, right? can't I can I can pause it whenever I want, so I don't have to think about that. I don't have to think like, oh, you know, I need to I need to catch a, a two minute break in this movie where they're just doing exposition or some shit. Or like, I don't know, human interest. Like show See, me, Michael, punch, a, show me the a punch movie. battle. I'm a movie purist. I like to I like to think that those characters exist when I need to run to the bathroom, and I think I'm doing them a disservice if I pause the movie. Like, hey, listen, I'm I'm too busy to see what you guys are up to, so I'll catch up with you later. I'll figure it out. I'll use context clues. <laughs> so you're just watching a movie by yourself, and you're like, run to the bathroom and pee real fast, so you don't miss the next part. Sometimes, listen again, Michael. I again, I've developed this high, uh, finely tuned sense that. This isn't important. I don't need to know what happens. And Michael, the best part about that is not rewinding, so I never have to find out. <laughs> and if you watch it again, it's not like you're going to be like, oh, this is the part I went to the bathroom in. No, because I'm probably going to the bathroom again because I was like, oop, this is oh, time. This was the not important part. Yeah. So you'll never Mike, know if you were wrong about it being important. Yeah. That's the beauty of movies, Michael. Beauty of cinema. I never have to know if Citizen Kane is good or not, and I will never find out because I choose not to because I'm going to pee the entire time. Michael, before we move on to other actual stories, I have one fun movie anecdote again that I, I found on Twitter a couple weeks ago. Um, are you familiar with, um, I guess, the third best movie of all time? Uh, I probably still sit in below Citizen Kane for now until it gets some more negative stuff. Uh, not Fast Five. That's number four. Um, I know what you did last <laughs> summer. <laughs> I know what you did last summer. So... That movie is tremendous, and I feel like it it's one of those movies that gets discounted because the sequels were so fucking stupid. Yeah. But, like, w- that movie, when it came out, was it was really good, right? I think so. I wasn't allowed to watch it, so I, I, had a, I think I saw it in college. <laughs> um, horror movies were not really allowed in my house. So, like, Scream, that, I had to wait sense. until college. I know you did last summer. I had to wait until college. And, like, it's good, for sure. Um, do you remember the scene where uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt is just outside fed up with being, you know, attacked by a crazy murderer, just like had enough of it uh, up to here with that guy. And she's just spinning around in a circle and just says like, what are you waiting for? 
like that. <laughs> That's exactly how she. Yeah, and she's line. wearing like is it is it? It's either raining or 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 it was raining, and she's wearing like a blue like a blue shirt, blue shirt with like another blue like short sleeved sort of um yeah. I'm yes. not gonna call it a jacket, light sweater, and there's another blue tank top behind her, and there's a guy in a tank top with a, yeah, yeah, a lot yeah, of tank yeah. tops. A lot of tank. I what I think. I think it was raining or something. Yeah, yeah. Iconic, iconic scene. Iconic scene. Top top five film scenes. Top um, five. You know what the crazy thing about that scene, Michael, is? Uh, do you know who directed? I know you did last summer. Uh, there were no explosions, so it wasn't Michael Bay. It was uh, Jim Jim Gillespie, who, uh, as far as I can tell, is he's from Scotland and has done nothing else. Um, other uh, he did Joyride in 1995, another classic mid 90s film. Also a good, also a good 90s horror movie. And then also, um, came back and did uh, 2005's Venom, not the Marvel movie, just a movie called Venom about a yeah. poison man. Okay. okay. You know why, Michael, I don't think this guy had the chops to do anything else other than Joyride and I know what you did last summer? Because well, he couldn't get Jennifer Love Hewitt to be in any more movies with him. That's true. It's because that iconic scene, the scene that became the linchpin, the most famous movie, the movie, most famous <laughs> scene of that movie, was actually directed by a kid who won a contest to come <laughs> on and create a, a moment for the movie. The 90s were wild, man. Yep. Yep. Cuz so, like that was not that was not like some little indie film. Like it was a it was a pretty medium budget horror movie as far as I remember like and they just had a contest to to, to conceive of and direct a scene. Yep. How did I not know about this contest and why did I not why did I not enter? Okay, yeah. So apparently the movie was based on a young adult novel. So uh, uh. so kids were into it. So the studio, I guess, is part of the right. I think the author like pitched that was like, we should let a fan have a say in the movie. And there aren't any details about the contest itself. The movie came in 97. So no one was like tweeting or writing blog posts about it. Um, So, yeah, there's just this contest. This kid pitched a scene and was just like, I want her to walk out in the middle of the street and yell, what are you waiting for? Huh? What are you waiting for? And that was just it. I feel like they should have advertised in Blockbuster. I would have known about it. I would have I would have applied. The 90s were a weird time where they just like let kids do shit. Mm. It was like Nickelodeon was all about yeah. like, yeah, kids rule. You're going to like Mick World was like, yeah, parents suck. I get to rule my own destiny. <laughs> like everything was about kids know best. You can do what you want. Parents suck shit. So it was just like, yeah, you can direct a horror movie. Why the fuck not? So for anyone out there who hasn't seen... I know what you did last summer and also or maybe like doesn't even know what it is. So the, it's a horror movie. And the premise, correct me if I'm wrong, is that these people accidentally murder someone yeah. with their car. Yep. And their solution to murdering said person is to throw him in the water and basically make a pact that they will never talk about it again. And yep. then on the anniversary the next year, somebody, something, things start happening that say, like, I know what you did last summer. And it's like, oh, my God, is it the person you murdered? Is it someone who, 
this was the pretty, premise of a young adult novel. Pretty classic young adult novel for 12-year-olds. Uh, um, yes. Yeah, and Michael, I do keep calling the movie iconic and this scene iconic. I, I do have to retcon that to be a generic and generic for both of those. <laughs> um, but I will, Michael, you bring up an interesting point because I know we've talked about previously on this this uh, program that... The murderer was right, though. Can we just say that? The murderer was right to kill them all. I mean, he did know what they did last summer. They and killed someone and then didn't tell anyone and just hid their body. Michael, the wages of sin is death. Exactly. And right, I know that cool. because just- I went to Christian school. <laughs> and because I went to Christian school, when I when the book fair came a-calling, the scholastic book fair, and uh, young Michael Cushing wandered over to uh, the Goosebumps section, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't allowed because that was um, you know from the devil, because there were ghosts and, and goblins and whatnot. But if this book had uh, showed up on the old Scholastic Book Fair and has a, by the way, very innocuous cover, it, the the first edition cover in, I guess it was published in 1973, so maybe you know, maybe it wouldn't have popped up on my shelves, but it was just a, a bicycle and a boy laying down in headlights, like a, just an illustration, very innocuous. I could have taken this home at the tender age of 12 mm. when mm-hmm. the novel... Yeah, so when the film came out, you got to think that, th- looking back, my parents should have been a little bit more focused on, maybe Goosebumps is fine. <laughs> let, let, let the boy read a Goosebump. Uh, did they, did, were you also not allowed to like um, watch uh, the Nickelodeon, like, Tales from uh tales Fireside. from the crypt or whatever no no the one where they're like oh, next to the yeah. fire the uh the something society the it was are you afraid of the dark are you afraid of the dark yeah um we kind of snuck that we're in just like a, if, we're just asking questions a lot yeah we could watch are you afraid of the dark if like we snuck it in while my mom was like asleep like taking a nap in the afternoon or something like we could watch it every once in a while but um generally not no um michael my mom threw out my ninja turtles because they were from the devil so um <laughs> Anything like vaguely horror or devil adjacent really got a hard no in the Cushing household. Um, I do want to, Michael, revisit the idea, though. Like, can you imagine if, like, Marvel was just like, hey, we have these $200 million movies that are going to make probably $1.5 billion a piece. We're going to give 45 seconds of that to a nine-year-old who just, like, made a funny tweet or something. I'm surprised it honest I'm su- I'm honestly surprised it hasn't happened more. I mean, with the amount of fan service that like uh, all of these franchises do sometimes with the movies, I'm surprised I mean, isn't that what the Joss Whedon, I mean the uh the Snyder cut is though basically is like a bunch of fucking fanboys whined and moan for 2 years until they release the movie. Well, Michael, so you're, I mean, yes, that is explicitly what happened and uh, is purely a kind of reward uh, for highly toxic fandoms, which again, Michael, I'm on record that liking things is bad, being mm-hmm. a fan of things is wrong, and you shouldn't you shouldn't like it and shouldn't, shouldn't do that. Like it. Um, it only leads to bad outcomes. But yeah, so the Snyder Cut of Justice League, which I begrudgingly say is a better movie than the one that was released in movie theaters. Um that was a, a toxic outcome from a toxic community of bad people with bad <laughs> ideas and bad thoughts. And um, so I don't want to celebrate that, Michael, but I'm saying this is a pure just like con- it's a contest. You just if you win it, 
you get that golden ticket to make make Willy Wonka's Marvel movie, whatever the fuck you want. I think the counterpoint to that, Michael, is the Bodie McBoatface effect, where anyone who won this contest would just say, okay, and then Ant-Man gets really small, crawls up a butt, and then gets big <laughs> every time. That's the solution to every problem. And Marvel legally, I think, has to do that. Yeah, I don't know. Can they write into the contest rules like, Ant-Man can't get really small and crawl up a butt and get big. I mean, we're saving that. We're saving that for the next for for for, you know, what part four of this uh, this Marvel Universe thing. I mean, Michael, they can write whatever they want to in those T's and C's uh, and that binding arbitration (laughs) clause that I know I'm getting into. Uh, They can write whatever they want. That won't stop me from pitching it and then pitching a fit when they say, no, it's in it's in the terms and conditions that you didn't read. And you said yes. I was like, yeah, well, um, I'm taking you to court now, Marvel, Marvel Studios. I feel like at that point, we just have to find a workaround. It's like, okay, so we make the truck really small. We throw the truck up somebody's butt, then the truck gets big. Mm-hmm. There's, there's always there's the a million ways to get around it. There's, there's a million ways to get in that button. Thank you, Michael. There's That's so many ways. Yeah. Can we just talk about this? I know what you did last summer might be the most '90s movie ever made. It's got Jennifer Love Hewitt, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Ryan Phillippe, and Freddie Prince Jr. That's a '90s crew. That is a murderer's him. row of the '90s. And it's weird. I think half of those people are just on like Dungeons and Dragons podcast now exclusively. <laughs> so <laughs> I also think the most 90s film of all time might be Blast from the Past with Brendan Fraser about a, a boy who climbs out of a nuclear bomb shelter. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Michael, we should probably talk about stories. Do you have anything fun for me this week? Um, Yeah, I do, actually. Uh, this is not a... Actually, Michael, can I... Real quick, yeah. I'm so sorry to interrupt. No, that's fine. What I just said really sparked something for me. Um, if I won a contest to put a scene in any single movie ever, my legally binding pitch would be put Brendan Fraser in this movie so he can be a movie star again. I know he had a, he had a bad experience <laughs> with Hollywood and everything that happened, but I think the world is ready, and I certainly am ready for Brendan Fraser to show back up and delight me with his, his nice face and big, strong face. Do do movies so do movie uh all right god damn it let me let me I'm trying to think of a way how do I want to phrase this question so somebody owns a movie right the the actual art of the movie right they're no they're responsible can, no, one can, no one can own a movie Michael <laughs> yeah but but if somebody wants to like re, like re-release a movie or change it in some way like somebody owns that like George Lucas owns Star Wars so he can go back and like make you know greedo shoot first or whatever the fuck he did he did now the big the big mean mouse owns it (laughs) but like what if we were to find movies distressed properties so to speak sure an abandoned theme park and we use deep fake technology to just put brendan fraser in all of these older movies that are now owned by us and we re-release them and they become I mean, giant hits, obviously, because Brendan Fraser's in them. Yeah. Michael, I will say, um, and this is a frustration of mine as like the rise of streaming services. Like now that there are 15,000 that I have to subscribe to to get any any movies and just like and it costs me so much more money than cable ever did. Or just one. A VPN service. 
Right. Well, Michael, that's what I'm leaning to is that at this point, both pirating content and deep faking Brandon Fraser into every movie ever made is a not just a smart financial decision. It is a moral imperative Mm -hmm. that, Mm -hmm. hey, I don't want to pay for NBC's Peacock. I just don't want to. <laughs> I'm so not going to do it. Now I have to figure out how to use BitTorrent again without getting all the viruses in the world. And Michael, I will do it because morally I have to. And legally I have to put, legally, I legally. have to put Brendan Fraser into every piece of media that has been released in the last 45 years. Is, Michael, can I say this? If Brendan yeah. Fraser were the star of Citizen Kane, I'd watch it. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Uh, he'd... I I just can't think of a movie that isn't made better with Brendan Fraser in it. Maybe Monkey Wrench, but that was just a bad one. <laughs> you know, he he did his best with that one. I'm just saying, if he wasn't in it, it would have been worse somehow. It would have been worse. Like who? They would add like John Leguizamo, Oof. maybe. Yeah. Was he in that? He might have been in no it. No idea. Uh, okay, Michael, back to stories. What do you got for me back this week? Back to buddy? stories. Uh, so this isn't. I don't. I don't know if it's officially a what's on Weibo, but. It's basically a what's on Weibo. What's on Weibo? It's been a while since we've had a, we've had a proper one. So, uh, you are you are aware of the the boy band just frenzy that everywhere, so to speak, but like a lot in Asia, like Korea, Japan, well, China started a reality tv show that i i think this is in the vein of of things that have happened in other countries um where basically it was you're you're you have all of these uh boys men Mm -hmm. uh they participate and they get voted they get voted they're in a boy band yeah i mean it's hard to it's hard to call a 27 year old man a boy but like sure you a boy you're a boy (laughs) boy what's up boy um (laughs) so like they had this thing where you know people come on, they sing, they get voted off, and and eventually you you're left with a boy band, whoever, boy whoever is left. It's the boy boys. The boy boys. So there was a uh, there was a, a person who was there, and he was teaching the all the Chinese people, the Chinese boys, because um, he speaks fluent Mandarin. So he was teaching them how to speak English. Okay. Let me see. Well, hold on. He was a tutor on. There's like a okay. And Michael, I will say I am vaguely aware of the. Um, uh, I think I'm, I think my sister Amanda has been on the show previously talking about some of the drama with like K-pop boy bands specifically. Um, I gotta tell you, it is a buck wild culture they've like that has risen around boy bands and I mean just bands in general over over yonder way, um, like. To the point of like fans breaking into like K-pop idols' homes while they're sleeping to take pictures, and like they get arrested if they smoke marijuana. Uh, yeah, like, I mean they're like it's crazy. They're they're more than just public celebrities. They're uh, they're like institutions in themselves. It's insane. And so I, you know, so the genre did originate in South Korea. Basically, hundreds of aspiring young performers, they put them through boot camps and audience votes, and these types of things have become massively popular popular in China. So, like... I'll say in, this, too. Some of the, the K-pop shit I've heard, that shit slaps. Oh, it, I mean, like, this is similar to how, like, NSYNC was put together. Yeah, everyone, like, heard Psy, like, uh, his, like the... 
Gundam style when that came out. Like that that kind of got caught up over here. But like that's just like Sai is like the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. That's nothing. So in this particular one, uh, contestants were put into dorm rooms on a tropical island and their phones were confiscated for the season. (laughs) No. And they basically they had to sign a contract to be on the show that said that they were going to stay on it until they got voted off and they could leave halfway through the season, but they had to pay like a ridiculous fine. And so (laughs) this guy, Tudor, he speaks fluent Mandarin, Russian, Vladislav Ivanov. Who he was also he's he's an artist of you know he calls himself Lush, um and apparently he was like joking around and he was uh discovered I guess discovered makes it sound good but he was he wasn't he was discovered by the directors because they noticed his good looks uh and they he was invited to sign on as a contestant and he was basically like no I don't want to do that but they may have tricked him. Into, into being on the show and signing the contract. And then. Okay, hold on. So he was just a pretty boy translator. He was yep. Russian who could speak Mandarin and English. He was a tutor. And then because he's a pretty. I mean, pretty he's dumb, dumb. They tricked him into signing a contract. They tricked him into signing a contract. And um, he realized he couldn't leave. Also, they took a cell phone. He's quarantined on an island. And he. They were like, well. You got to perform now. It's in your contract. So he would just like half-heartedly sing and rap and dance. And like everyone else is going after it because they want to be in a boy band. And he's just like, please vote me out. Like he would, he literally said, don't love me. You'll get no results. And they kept just voting him through to the next round. And it became this dividing thing between people being like, we're keeping a person hostage on the show. But also... They loved him? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, hmm. That is a form of modern day, like, crowdsourced slavery that I'm really not comfortable with. Um, just, like, they tricked this this pretty dumb idiot into signing a contract. And now they made him sing? That feels like, what do you guys, like, he just can't, he can't just do his job? <laughs> I mean, he signed the contract. What? I, How, I, Michael, okay. You know, okay. I'm just oh, saying, he signed, he, signed, he signed the contract. Wow. Not not what I thought I would hear from you, Michael. <laughs> I would never think that you would be pro-contract and also pro-crowdsource singing. Holy shit, there's going to be 11. You wanted to do karaoke. There's going to be 11 winners of this show, by the way. What's the prize money here? I don't know. You get to be in a boy band, I guess. That is not a prize I worth winning at any point. Well. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Hold on a second. Yep. Do you get to be in a boy band or as the winner are you contractually obligated to sell your fucking soul to this boy band is this like the if you like that show that they did for like in excess a couple years ago where like you had to be the new singer of in excess it was like but you have to legally be the new singer of in excess and you have to sing all their all their good songs 11 one of their show who are contractually obliged yeah to form okay. a boy band obliged what a nice obliged they they missed a couple letters in that one. So, unfortunately, though, he's voted out just recently. You say that, like, Michael, you said unfortunately. Unfortunately, the saga, like, the, 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 the worldwide saga of Vladislav Ivanov, a.k.a. Lelush, is now is now over. And he's just going to he's never going to sing. He's probably never going to sing again. He's been traumatized. 
why Michael I would never I would never listen to music again <laughs> like I would be so over it there's no fucking way if I crawled my way out of hell and it's like yeah guess what I'm never looking at fire again I'd rather be cold I'd rather freeze to death he became so popular that billboards in support of him not getting voted out of the show started popping up in China <laughs> Okay, this goes back to what I mentioned. I, I, I kind of hinted at like the Bodie McBoatface effect. Like, just our, I think like our our age, just, just like so addicted to like sort of irony. <laughs> like we're just like literally trapping another human being in a contest he was tricked into, like a simpleton, into just staying there, having no friends, having to teach, having to also teach. English to people while also singing things he didn't want to do and dancing just because he's pretty and they needed an extra pair of hands on set. Honestly, I'm su- I'm just surprised. The thing that surprised me the most is that this happened on a Chinese game show and not a Japanese game show because they are notorious for lying to contestants. Do you remember when we talked about the story of the guy yeah. who was living on the soundstage and he thought he was all by himself mm-hmm. and he was being filmed the entire time? That's basically this, except he knew. Michael, I can't remember if I, 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 I'm sure I talked about uh, my like pseudo conspiracy theory that alien abductions in the U.S. are just a Japanese Japanese game show being live streamed, <laughs> that they're just like abducting simpleton American farmers and just putting stuff up their butt. Um, that's what I, I think if it was a Japanese game show, he would have had no idea in the first place. No, like he, he like he. He would have been secretly involved in a singing competition that he just like it's like, oh, we're just gonna take you out to a karaoke bar, have some fun with your friends. <laughs> Oops, now you're in a boy band. Congratulations. Uh so I don't know. It, I, I highly recommend going online and looking looking at the videos and some clips from this show. Cause there are some where he's teaching, quote unquote, teaching them languages and he's basically just using phrases that are like please for the love of god vote me like, out kill me i like, hate set this. me free from this hell uh, <laughs> and like the other against my will the other contestants that he's working with like are just they're laughing at them as if they're jokes this this cut up what a what a fun guy this guy is who, i love him who wouldn't who wouldn't want to be on the show that's that's one of those weird things i mean i i've obviously never been in that situation where like Everyone else there is there super earnestly and wants to succeed. And this is their dream. And this dude wants nothing else but to leave and go home to see his family. (laughs) And he's contractually not allowed to. I will say, Michael, this. uh, So I briefly watched like one season or like half season of uh, Big Brother Mm. because I had some friends who were like obsessed with it. And it blew my mind that I guess similar to this, they confiscate your cell phone. They don't allow you to bring books or like any sort of entertainment, which not that I can really imagine anyone in the Big Brother household reading, like being able to read, frankly. <laughs> um, but so like it's like a 180 day filming period or whatever, maybe 90 days. I don't know. But like once you get voted I love off, that you're shitting on Big Brother and you just fucking religiously watch The Bachelor, which is arguably all, worse. First of all, I haven't watched it in like two seasons, so get off my nuts. Uh, second of all, no, it's not. Fuck you. Uh, third of all, um, 
So also once, you, but here's the thing: once you get voted all out of the house in Big Brother, they just send you to a second house where you still don't get your cell phone, still don't have books, you can't have a computer or the internet. What do you, you do? I think you just sit there and drink, which I mean, okay, but like Fine, that's it. I guess. That's all you what have you to do. F- do you sit there with the other people who were voted out, or are you just by yourself? Depends on if you're the first person to get voted out of the house. (laughs) You just got to wait and hope that the next person voted out doesn't suck shit, which the chances are pretty good that they suck shit because the whole point of getting voted out of Big Brother, I think, is you suck shit. Suck shit worse than everyone else on Big Brother. Yeah. And that's a that's a low bar. (laughs) Either a low bar or a high bar. I don't know. In terms of sucking shit. Um all right, Michael, I think that'll do. <laughs> no, that's not going to do us for on the show. Um, what else do we have? Where do we want to go? Before before we move on, I have two very important questions for you. Yes. First of all, Shoot. if you were in a competition to be in a boy band, what stage name would you go by? Second of all, while you're thinking about that, if <sighs> you were somehow accidentally in a competition to be in a boy band... And you wanted to get kicked off or voted out. How would you do that? Okay. Um, so, Michael, on the first one. Now, remember, you're in China in this one. So, you cannot do anything that's really egregious because they'll probably just put you in prison, which is possibly worse than being in a Chinese boy band. Yeah. So, two things. So, the, I'll, I'll answer the first one first. Um, so, first one I first. Think, first one first, as is appropriate. Um, this one is rough because I think as a human being and certainly as a boy band member, I gave off a really uh, a real Joey Fatone energy. Mm. Um, so I think I would just be Mike Cushing. Like it would like I wouldn't there would be nothing interesting about me whatsoever. Um, I would just be. Yeah, that's Mike. He's in the background Mike? doing his best. You wouldn't even go like with Mikey. My I, can't, I mean, uh <laughs> What's the dude? Who, who's the dude who like organized all the boy bands in Orlando? Um, oh yeah, what the fuck is that weird? Let's sort eat her dinner there. Lou um, Pearlman. Yeah, I I feel, I feel like Lou Pearlman might try to make me like a Mikey, <laughs> um, but I think I would. I mean, it would probably would be. I guess Joey Fatone. I would probably would just be like Mikey Cushing. Like yeah, just you'd like, probably be Mikey. Yeah, maybe and Mikey C. Mikey C. Yeah, yeah. I, that would be if you were in like a, uh, if you were in like an early '90s boy band. I think you would be Mikey C. If you were in like a um, New Kids on the Block style, that was hot back then. Yeah, yeah. I feel like if I was more in more like, like a '90 degrees style, like edgier guys, I would be like like a Vitamin M, you know, <laughs> some some delicious. <laughs> Give you what you crave, what your body needs. Needs that vitamin um, M. Yeah, Michael, my first instinct for getting kicked out of a Chinese singing competition was just to, like, okay, if you're going to make me be on stage, my dick will be out the entire time. Mm. Um, but I guess that would land me in prison. I think you're going to get arrested for that, yeah. Yeah, and I guess any sort of, like, anti-communist messaging would probably also get me put in yeah that's what i'm saying it's hard jail. it's it's hard right because like i can think of a lot of things that would get me kicked off that would also get me thrown in chinese prison i guess what i would do michael so i i think this is just this is still pretty juvenile and puerile but 
I think I would start slowly stuffing my crotch with just various <laughs> like and just by the time if I if I knew I was in this one for the long haul like just slowly but surely just I would wear start wearing progressively bigger and bigger pants but my crotch would be getting progressively fuller and fuller just like until I had like a Cabbage Patch Kid doll down there or something. Just like, just really just, I, I should probably not say Cabbage Patch Kid. Um, until I just had like <laughs> a stuffed Pikachu down there. Like just something just ridiculous. Like I, I would have a two foot dong and just like, it was like, these are my pants. This is what I'm, this is this what, is what I'm packing. Did. Wardrobe dressed me. And this is just how I, I live my life um, with a gigantic dong. And I, I don't know if that would really get me kicked off, but at least I would have a good time with it. What would you do? I don't know. Like, maybe just, like, stop showering. I feel like that's just so unpleasant to be around by everyone else in the show. No, Michael, that's because that's not going to get you what you need because everyone else who's voting for you already loves the torment they're putting you and the other cast members through and ruining the other cast members' chance to (laughs) achieve their dreams. So I think think you, you have to be viscerally offensive and disgusting to the audience which i guess okay so i can't do wiener stuff they would love it the late the ladies would love it the ladies might love everybody loves vitamin m um i guess so okay so michael i'll go the other end i'll just have like horrible horrible diarrhea on stage (laughs) (laughs) i think that's it i think that's all you can do like that's just like oops, that was my tum tum. I can't go to jail for my horrible IBS. That's God did that. I that I mean I think that's the winner. Yeah. I can't Sorry, think of anything to... that would that would make the entire country of China hate you more. Just nasty diarrhea on stage. Constantly. Yeah. You probably have to do it more than once because I think if you did it once, they might feel sorry for you and be like, wow, we've wow, look at this. We've hurt him so badly that like he was so nervous. He was so nervous. Just ass blasted. But if you did there, it every time. Yeah, that's a habit now. Four or five times. Speaking of things that um, will make you have uh, everlasting uncontrollable diarrhea, um, <laughs> I'm going to send you and our, you know, basically the other than the Lou Pearlman's face when I looked up other who than instinct manager was <laughs> Michael, read this headline to me. Tiramisu deviled eggs are indeed satanic. Yep. I don't. Okay. I love deviled eggs. Yeah, they're the best. I, I will eat. If you put a tray out, I'll eat the whole thing. The whole thing. They're incredible. What is a tiramisu deviled egg? Uh, I think they're just deviled eggs with all the all the other bullshit, but uh, garnished with cocoa powder and crumbled lady fingers and maybe a bunch of sugar. And I just... Oh, and also then an egg white meringue topping. Wait, so it doesn't um, have all of the good stuff. It has none of the good stuff. None of the good, the good creamy yolk and mustard and everything I want in there. Um, so Michael, that's just a food crime I found. Um, and maybe I would just make those, I would make those on stage and be like, Hey, I, this is my new invention, tiramisu deviled eggs. And then I would get booed into oblivion and I would get to go home released from hell. Um, I don't know. That might get you put in Chinese prison too. Honestly, ah, I'm just going to yeah. be honest. That, I mean, it is a food crime. Yeah. Um, okay, Michael. So speaking of food, um, I think this one's going to close us out. But I'm fascinated with it. And again, I think uh, I think this gentleman, uh, Lelish, is that what his name? Lelesh something from yeah, anyway, he's Lelush. 
Lelush. Lelush. Um, so this is a um, Am I the Asshole post from Reddit, which apparently has been pulled down from the subreddit um, because uh, it has dubious truthfulness. Um, because are we, Wait, are we, are we assessing the truthfulness of Am I the Assholes now? Because literally they're all fake. They're all fake. Every single one of them is fake. Uh, I think I am I the asshole is a little less egregious than the relationships ones, but like, yeah, it, it, I don't know where they draw the line, but this one is, this should not have been, should not have been crossed. The, Um, here's the thing. The beauty of the, am I the asshole or the relationship ones are that they are almost definitely not true stories from the OP. Yep. But, but in the world in which we live, it's entirely possible that it is true of someone in the world specifically maybe even in this country and maybe they didn't write this particular thing but like this situation has occurred in some form somewhere and that's the beauty of it and if anything i feel like the novelty of this one makes it absolutely true and michael i'm gonna read it to you right now because it's it's truly fascinating okay so headline Am I the asshole for arranging potluck for my sister's apology dinner? An apology dinner is in caps. So it's a it's a proper noun, apology dinner. Okay. Yeah. And then there's a subnote that says, I remembered about this after reading another poster's apology dinner. No link, okay. no context. Okay. I assume I I'm, I mean I don't want to stop you from reading. I assume we're we're gonna they're gonna explain what an apology dinner is, so I don't need to ask the question. Okay. Yeah, we'll get into it. Okay, so my mom decided to host an apology dinner for my older sister. As my mom was busy writing her apology and whatnot, she asked if I would take care of the food and beverages. Off to a good start. I think, Michael, you're you're not lost or you're following Yeah, perfect, yeah. Okay. I said sure, thinking it was just for my family of four. But when my aunt and cousins heard, they also wanted to attend, so I decided to make it a potluck. Parentheses. Potluck is where all the adult guests bring a dish and all the dishes are shared. Oh, that's so, great. I'm so glad they explained what a potluck is. I'm assuming yeah. there will be a, be a parenthetical later that will explain the apology dinner yeah. part. Just in case you've never been to like a church or, yeah. you know, like a big, like a New Year's dinner. Just like, okay, you know, you know what a potluck is now. That's yeah. great. Um, all, Only the adult guests, though. Interesting. Obviously. Kids are not allowed. Okay. Yeah. Of course, I never asked my sister to bring any food because she was the guest of honor. Okay, so, so now we know there's a guest of honor. We know there, okay. like, there is... And her mom was r- busy writing the apology, so busy writing the apology, she couldn't order food couldn't and cook. beverages, which means this apology had to be either long and or heartfelt. Right. I mean, so much time and care put into right. writing down a very important apology. Okay. Yes. Well, everyone came over and we are all excited to listen to the <laughs> apology and eat. Excited to listen to the apology. Yep. There's like a... This, this seems like the, a atonement kind of like a um, it's like a public shaming like slash a festivist. Yeah, like a festivist like a reverse a reverse airing of grievances. Like a reverse intervention almost. Like, <laughs> hey, I brought you all here together because I fucked up. Uh, I fucked up, and I wrote some. I wrote about yeah. Okay, okay. My sister was among the last to arrive, and she was offended that we were serving potluck for her special dinner. I explained that I had carefully planned what would be served. Parentheses. Sister's boyfriend is a vegetarian, so he had two meatless options. That's just smart. Close parentheses. Um, Michael, I do want to note 
this the sister's boyfriend being vegetarian and being present does come up in the context later. Not in the post, but in the comments. Okay. But my sister yelled at me that the apology meal, also a proper noun, two, two uh, capital words, should be prepared, or at least paid for, by the apologizer, parentheses, my mom, in order to show proper atonement. We went forward with the apology dinner, but my sister called me the asshole for undermining the apology. So, Michael, I ask you, am I the asshole for arranging potluck for my sister's apology dinner? Without any context about what an apology dinner is, because they did not give us any. Um, if the mom is the apologizer, it clearly she she is. She's writing her very long apology. I I don't know where the aunts and hus- cousins come into this apology dinner. Like, how many people can you invite to an apology dinner? Because they could get expensive fast, I guess. Well, Michael, that's why they're bringing their own food. Right. Um, and But, like... Here's the thing, though. If you're the one who if you're the one who wronged the person and now you're trying to have a dinner to atone for it, like you got to do it all. You got to write the you got to write the thing. You got to invite the people. You got to do the food and beverages. I got to agree that unless the cousins and the aunt had something to do with it, they they ate and abet the mother in in the commissioning of what needed to be apologized for. They did not in any way, shape or form. Well, they shouldn't have to pay from it. They shouldn't have to pay. I mean, but they, you know, Michael, they wanted to be there. Which again, <laughs> this is an apology dinner for the sister from the mom, and the mom put in no effort other than writing the apology. So I'm going to give you some extra context. Um, the the first one is um, first comment was, um, excuse me, what the actual fuck is an apology <laughs> dinner? Um, and the uh, the poster responds, it's where someone apologizes to another person in front of the whole family. Um, and that's it. That's all they got. Um, I'm fucking into that, though. I can think of so many situations where, like, my family should have been cooking me fucking meals, all right? Yeah. So they they did mention it's, it's from my culture, but we live in America. They're not from America. I found some. I believe they're from Romania. Um, there was one clarifying comment that said, I think it's like an American culture. Let's say a husband wants to apologize to his wife, so he gives her flowers. But then she finds out that his brother went to the floor, so she's mad that he didn't pick out the flowers but himself. I also think there's something in American culture where you are not supposed to arrange your own birthday party. Which is true, but only because it's sad, not because it's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you're allowed to do your own birthday party. There's a very specific age where you're allowed to do it. Like in your 20s, you're allowed to just be like, hey, it's my birthday. Everyone come over and get drunk. So they do say it's not a party, but a dinner. The reason for a dinner is so they can not only apologize, but hash things out. It's harder to sweep things under the rug or rush through the apology when you know you have to eat a whole meal. <laughs> um, And they also say family members can act like referees. So if the mom yells something like, you just don't want me to be happy, then everyone else can be like, no, that doesn't make any sense. Then the mom has to back down. That's um, so smart. Yeah. I mean, I kind of like this whole referee model of yeah. like, public public adjudication of family disputes and apologies um and i do like the fact that hey if you fucked if you fucked me over you feed me like that 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 seems like turnabout is fair play michael would you care to guess why the mom had to throw the apology dinner in the see that's what i was i was so curious about because like without any context it's hard to know like is this do you get an apology dinner if like 
oh, I'm sorry that I uh, th- like threw out your leftovers in the fridge? Or is it more like, I'm sorry I fucked your husband? Like, what is the egregiousness level that we're talking about here? This is somewhere in the middle. And Michael, I, before I, I give you the answer, I do want to say, um, have you ever seen, we're back to movies, have you seen the movie Nothing to Lose with Martin Lawrence and Tim Robbins? Oh, yeah. Scatman okay. Crothers, yeah. Yeah, so there's a scene after the Scatman scene where uh, Martin Lawrence accidentally shoots Tim Robbins in the arm, <laughs> and Tim Robbins is freaking out, and Martin Lawrence just says, sorry. <laughs> and Tim Robbins' response is, you, you only say you're sorry when you like step on someone's glasses or you fart while they're eating. You don't say you're sorry when you shoot someone. Yeah, you at least got to stop him and get him like a... Like a smoothie? Yeah, or like, like a... a Ice like pack. a happy meal, maybe? Yeah, maybe a happy meal. Um, so question, what did your mom do to your sister? Tried to get her and her boyfriend to break up, but it didn't work. Oh shit, I'm looking through the thread now. Do you see why she tried to break them up? I didn't. Please enlighten me. So somebody else said, I'm curious on what your mom did, what your mom did that ended in an apology dinner, and they said tried to break up sister and her boyfriend for no good reason. Mm-hmm. In parentheses, his ethnicity. Okay. Well, so the this... mom tried to break up the sister and her boyfriend because she's a bigot. And then she had the audacity, the nerve to be like, can you take care of the food and beverages? Because I'm writing the apology. What? How long is the fucking apology that it's not just like, I'm sorry, I suck shit. I have a couple thoughts, Michael. So one. I would want to say that if you were truly sorry for that and you wanted to put the work in to learn and enlighten yourself and really like put in a heartfelt apology, I would want to go heads down and read crack a couple books and like really put some work into that apology. Um, I don't think the mom did that if I had to guess, um, but I would maybe farm out the, hey, can you cook Dindin for me? Because I really want to nail this apology this one's important to me um two things i can't imagine if i was a bigot having (laughs) to apologize to my daughter for trying to break up her and her boyfriend can't imagine having a dinner to talk i mean i can imagine having a dinner to talk about i can't imagine having the boyfriend there (laughs) i certainly can't imagine inviting the aunt and cousins and then having them like yeah bring a snack it could be her minute I could 100% though see in my family that would definitely be something that would happen though if somebody was like <laughs> if I found out that my aunt was having to apologize to my cousin for something like this I'd be like oh hell yeah how do I get in on this dinner I want to see this apology so now it makes so much more sense well Michael and that's the thing I I wonder if it really was. I mean, like they did have to exactly explain what a potluck was and not the apology dinner, which is weird. But if I'm a cousin in this situation, and I, I if I could, if I catch even a whiff <laughs> of what's going down over at, at Aunt Donna's house, I'm buying myself the largest pizza I can find, and I'm Oof. I'm climbing through a window and oh, sitting yeah. there and eating. It's not like it wasn't a potluck, but it is now because I have brought snacks and I am watching, and you can't kick me out because I'm family, baby. And if you do kick me out, you owe me an apology dinner. Because I'm here now. I'm assuming that part of the reason the mom had to take so long to write the apology, though, was 
she probably had to use like several thesauruses to make sure that she didn't use all of the bigoted terms that she probably wrote in the first draft. I mean, that has to be what's taking so long, right? Probably a lot of like track changes, like, nope, racist. Oops, that one's bad. Um, yeah, although, I mean, I doubt she, she really she had to scrap some language, had a couple of drafts, I'm sure. <laughs> um, I, I will say, I, I, Michael, I would, there is, by hook or by crook, you're not keeping me out of that, that dinner. Definitely if I'm not. No, if Absolutely. I'm a cousin, I, oh, f- yeah. And I, Michael, can I say this? It sounds like the sort of place that uh, allows a lively discussion, and you best believe I'm hooting and hollering that whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm throwing popcorn at Aunt Donna. Oh, yeah, no, it's, the whole time. it's like, yeah, it's definitely going to be like a Showtime at the Apollo comedy show style. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to have apology dinners now, Kush. I, I think this is a brilliant brilliant cultural touchstone that we should incorporate into the American tapestry of life. I One, I don't get to see friends enough for dinner anyway. I don't get to see my family enough. And if I can kind of manufacture slights against me from them and get dinner out of it, <laughs> definitely doing that. Um, or just like generate some controversy. You're like, yeah, okay, I'll get, I'll get you some chicken wings and a pizza. Whatever. You, you just walk in. <laughs> you walk into your sister's room and you just say, hey, fuck you. And then you go, here's your apology dinner. And you just throw like a Big Mac at her. Smack her in the face with a Big Mac. Yeah. Yeah. I'd do that. I would definitely do that. As If I if apology dinners were a thing when I was younger, I definitely would have done that shit to my siblings. I would have <laughs> purposefully done something that I needed to apologize for and then just threw a sandwich at them. Actually, so Michael, that brings up, I, I, I sent, my, um, sent my siblings a meme about, um, it was like an injury attorney billboard. Uh, there's like, it just said like, Two guys were just like injured, like question mark, and then just like the caption was, uh, "Don't tell mom. You can hit me back really hard if you want." <laughs> and I used to do that shit with my my sister all the time, but looking back, I mean, this would have been even worse than it was because I was just hitting her because I was a, a bad person. Um, but like, if I had just hit her and then like, oh no, don't tell mom. I don't want Outback Steakhouse tonight. <laughs> That is, t- <laughs> it's like I'm just generating controversy now. It's like, like if I'm a kid and I learn I can game the apology dinner system, like, also I'm nine, I can't pay for the apology dinner. So, dad, open up that wallet, big boy. We're getting Bud's chicken, homie. That's a local chicken restaurant. It is very good. It's fine. <laughs> what kind of what kind of chicken? Like fried chicken. Really good tend. Yeah, really good tendies. Oh, mm-hmm. Love tendies. Yeah, great tendies. Um. Yeah, Michael, I'm I'm all in on apology dinners, all in. Next next time somebody does something to me, slights me in some way, I'm going to demand an apology dinner. Nice fucking face, idiot. That's an that's a that's an apology snack at least. Hey, Michael. Yeah. I heard Paddington two suck shit, and you oh, suck shit for liking it. Wow, you okay? Okay, I'll, buddy. I'll be there, I'll are, be there in three weeks. <laughs> Take, I'm are, taking you to the publican. There are several new Michelin-starred restaurants in Chicago, and you are working your way towards one right now, buddy. As soon as I see you again, I'm nut-tapping you, just so we can get a really nice dinner. <laughs> God, there's always someone like that. Why is everyone asking what an apology dinner is? I've never heard of anyone doing this, but it feels self-explanatory. Yeah, okay, the two words together, 
obviously have a meaning that I can understand, but that still doesn't make it a thing. If I I go like, oh, that's a bear curtain, you would be like, oh, I guess it's probably a curtain for a bear. Why are you asking what a bear curtain is? Oh, fuck you, because no one's ever fucking said those things together. Yeah, and is, is the bear asshole. is the bear curtain to like block light from the bear? Is it to pr- protect his decency? I don't know. Is it to protect me from the bear? It's like I can intuit what an apology dinner is, especially since it's capitalized as a proper noun. But I need to know more deets. I gotta have them deets. You can't just throw out a new phrase and not give me deets. But again, though, I I, I look forward to building an entire mythology and, and tradition around the apology dinner. Very excited. Mm. Um. Well, Michael, uh, I think that's going to do it for us this week on Trends in Low Places. Isn't that um, kind of what like Last Supper was? Huh. Well, it was kind of it was more of a it was like a um, reverse apology dinner, obviously, because like Jesus it's is more perfect of a forgiveness dinner. It's like, hey, Judas, I know you're about to fuck me over, so everyone have a, <laughs> everyone have a good snack, and then I'm going to make you eat my body and drink my blood for fucking ever if you want to go to heaven. But Judas, you're cool, bud. Yeah, whatever. Oh, and what? Peter. I know what you're about to do. I fucking know what you're about to do, you piece of shit. It's cool. You'll be fine in three times. It's cool. I also I like the die, idea though. of an I apology dinner. Because, like, in most religions, the way you atone is by, like, not doing stuff. Yeah. Or, like, fasting. But this is, like, oh, I'm going to atone by, like, I'm going to get some bomb-ass food. Yeah. That we're going to enjoy like- together. I'm just going to give the person I wronged bomb food, which is like kind of Michael, you going back to their religion, sort of like ancient, just like, like folktale stuff It's like, Oh, I, I want to piss off the elves. So I'm going to bring them like a, a little cake and some fruit and leave it in front of the elf house. And then you were fine. Yeah. And the elves didn't kill you. And that's how the Keebler elves learned how to cook all those cookies. Yeah, it's, and stuff. it's just like, if you piss off Bethany, you give her a, some, some treats so she doesn't murder you in your sleep and sometimes your family will be there so all right michael i think that's gonna do (laughs) um i need referees in all of my arguments though that's i need referees and i feel like an audience too because like i feel like at a at a certain level like i am just like a gamesman did like we I just can, create can, debate? Did we just create can, debate teams? <laughs> I think we did. Yeah, except like there's a snack after, which I guess there was a snack always for debate team. And they were debating stupid shit like, I don't know, government. But like, no, I'm talking about some personal stuff. I need like a like, personal personal stuff debate team. Like, sorry, Bethany, the debate sorry, team. Sorry, Bethany. Sorry I pulled your hair in class. I just like the idea of like, having an audience for arguments that is like there for entertainment not just like has to deal with it like they showed up willingly like half the like fights and arguments i've seen or like half-hearted apologies i'm like i've been an unwilling participant in those and i didn't get pizza or wings like if i got to just like choose the time and place and be like yeah all right is there gonna be sorbet there oh man i can't fucking wait yeah and like if you think about it Everyone always gets all hyped up when there's a fight, like a physical fight. They're like, oh, man, people are going to fight outside. And everyone walks out of the bar and there's a fight. And it always sucks because most people don't know how to fight. And drunk people definitely don't know how to fucking fight. And it's usually a mismatch of some sort. But like, and there's no pizza by the slice. Exactly. But if it was like, oh, damn, like Dan and Steve are about to go outside and argue 
Dan and Sue are about to hash out their feelings, and one of them is going to be the bigger man and hug the other one. I can't. And then eventually, wait. love the, that shit. The referee's going to say that one of them has to apologize, and then the food truck's going to get here, and he's going to have to buy him tacos, and we all get tacos. Sounds fucking rad. That sounds way These, better. These two dudes are about to open up emotionally and figure their shit out. I can't wait to see what happens. Can't I want a taco so bad. God. Such a better, it's just a better. Oh shit, it's Thursday. There's churros on this truck. I can't fucking wait. And also, I hope Dan figures his shit out. He's had a rough time and he's really lashing out. And then like you're encouraged to like hash out your shit with someone else because like, hey, one of you is going to get tacos for free. Maybe both of you, and then you can, I mean, you can bond over the free tacos and maybe share a preemptive apology so you can cut off a dinner at the pass. Ugh. You can, you can short circuit an apology dinner on someone other apology dinner's dime. <laughs> That's just fucking brilliant. Oh, man. The, the, the apology dinner waterfall is like really endless, and I'm, I, we really should resort to this to solve all our issues. Can you, can you preemptively get an apology dinner? Like, you're like, Look, I know it hasn't. It's been a while since I've done some shit, but like, I'm just gonna assume that at some point I'm going to. So I'm just gonna bank this one. Put it on credit. <laughs> Put this one on credit. I'm hungry and will fuck up later. So yeah. I guess we're getting steaks tonight, baby. Guess guess we're gonna go to the steakhouse because like I'm probably gonna do something shitty later. That's a question, Michael. Can you preemptively? have an apology dinner for like the apology dinner is the direct result of a thing you cause to have the apology dinner happen. It's like your girlfriend or wife hates your friend, Jeremy. You're like, we're getting dinner with our friend, Jeremy. You're going to hate it. It's dinner time. I'm going to apologize to you for this, but we're getting steaks and beers. And also it's it's magic city. We're getting chicken wings at magic city. It's really not much of an apology. You do get chicken wings, but me and Jeremy will be looking at Magic City stuff. Well, but like it depends. Are you apologizing for going with Jeremy to Magic City? And then yeah. the apology dinner is buying the wings for yeah. that. Yeah, and I mean, like, that makes sense. And like she like they're not to I'm not getting them to go and bringing them home because well, that absurd. I feel like they're going to be cold by the time you get home. I mean, that'd be cold. And I think really a slap in the face and a mockery of the whole apology dinner system. But if if I invite my girlfriend or wife to magic city and like, Hey, you buy wings. Me and Jeremy are going to be over. Meow. Enjoy those wingies. Enjoy and those. Enjoy those apology wings. I am. I am so sorry. I'm so really sorry. This sorry. is happening right now. Yeah. I feel like, Hmm. Yeah. Or really just like, Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love medieval times and I know you hate it, but we're going. I got us two tickets. Here's free dinner at medieval times. Look at the hawk and the the falcon and ooh, sparks from the swords. What if what if you and I were to go out to a fancy dinner and we're planning on going Dutch? Mm -hmm. But over the course of dinner, we just constantly are trying to get the other one to have to apologize to us so that we don't have to pay for dinner. (laughs) Hmm. Did you not? Did you just fucking take a piece of bread before me without offering me any? How dare you? I'm so sorry. Let me let me butter your bread. <laughs> there, you can have more olive oil. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. So there's a lot of room for gaming this system in the apologies and error that I'm excited to find all the nooks and crannies of that particular establishment. But um, she's the guest of honor. Is it? A, are you the guest of honor? Is it an honor? 
thing to have does... been wronged and now somebody is apologizing to you? I mean, it does feel... I mean, like, if if the event is for you specifically, you are the guest of... it. That does feel like a... <laughs> The guess of ignominy sort of <laughs> sort of situation. Like you don't want to be there. Like you're not winning anything, especially if your fucking mom's not cooking the GD dinner. And the bro, the sorry, the the boyfriend was there. That is again egregious. And I mean, I I do like that the the brother who posted this did notice. Like we did have vegetarian options for the boyfriend who was viscerally insulted for his race and, per- and like just personal identity. See, I, yeah, I don't, I feel like, I feel like. At least like, we remembered one thing about him and, you know, that was valid. I feel like that's the sister's apology dinner. I feel like the mom has to give the boyfriend his own apology dinner where it's only vegetarian food. Only and also vegetarian she's. Food. Also, she's not a racist anymore. <laughs> like, like that. Like that's one of those. Like, hey, thanks for the Beyond Burger. Um, but do you? Are you cool with me dating your daughter? No, Can, I guess get fucked and give me a million dollars because now we're into apology monetary reward <laughs> situation. So, um, gonna need that checkbook, please. Mm. Yeah. I feel like apology like payments should also be Michael. I want apology payments. <laughs> All right, did you Michael, invent reparations? Reparations. I think I did. <laughs> huh. You know what? We were. You know, Michael. We were going to get there eventually. All right. <laughs> what the hell is an apology dinner? From my understanding, it's a dinner for someone who's wronged someone else. It's white as hell. <laughs> Now, see, that's funny because, I mean, obviously, if it's Romanian origin, you know, pretty white. But I I, I can see some folk getting into this thing as mm. like a real, real just like family showdown. Like, I, I feel like this could be an event for people of any culture. Yeah. If you have a big family, this could be like a royal rumble. Man, Michael, all I'm thinking right now, I mean, I'm. I'm thinking in terms of an apology, but I really just want a crawfish boil right now. Mm. And it doesn't need to be an apology crawfish boil. I just want to boil real bad. Mm. Corn cob, some andouille sausage, scramps. Mm. Oh, man. Michael, it's been lovely talking to you this week. Um, everyone, if you enjoyed this episode, you owe us three apology dinners because... Sorry? Wait, No. You can find out more information about this show on our website, which has no information about this show or our sister show, Longest Days of Our Lives, in which Michael and I are good buddy Curtis are watching every single episode of the hit show 24. And we don't know anyone a single fucking apology in here because we finally put an episode of that show after six months. It's getting maybe? real up in the show. It's getting real freaky naughty. And we get we are recording the next episode tomorrow night. So that one should be out next week as you're listening to this episode of Trends in Low Places. Um, we are just about to hit the mid-season break, and I, I cannot tell you that things are about to break the fuck off. Um, so even if you've never watched 24 or you've never listened to the podcast, honestly, neither is imperative. If you like this show, you will like that one. It's just us and our good buddy Curtis being goofy boys talking about the wonders of the early 2000s and uh, the post-9-11 world. That that fairy wonderland. Um, uh, so yeah, check that out, uh, Michael. How else can people help us out? You can help us out by finding us on your favorite podcast app by searching for Trends in Low Places and 
slapping that subscribe button. And uh, yeah, if you don't, you owe us an apology dinner. Um, yeah. So you owe us an apology five star review on the podcast app of your choice, preferably iTunes. Yeah. You owe us an apology five star review that we can munch on. Uh, you can also find us on the social medias, uh, mostly Twitter at TILPcast. Um, Oh, you can also email us at goodbuddymedia at gmail.com if you have a uh, story or We'd love to hear from you. Anything, honestly. Um, we got a couple uh, El Duel cast emails last week, and that was a real delight. We had uh, from some folks we've never heard from. We would love to hear from our, our Trends and Low Places listeners as well. Yeah. Do we have any? We, was it Sweden? We have a Swedish, a Swedish uh, listener. Yeah. We uh, all, all we're world. You know what that makes us? Worldwide. Whoa. I mean, we did. We have, had worldwide. some listeners in Finland because my friend Lindsay travels uh, across Europe. So every once in a while she's in Finland and we've had that on the pod, the download thing. So mm. we've always been just really just Mr's Worldwide, which Mr's makes worldwide. us which makes us better than Mr. Worldwide because there's mm-hmm. multiples of us. Yeah. Oh, Sorry one area code and you're Mr. Worldwide 305 okay Okay. enjoy Dade Broward you fucking asshole (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah I think that's it yeah Michael um it's been lovely talking with you buddy love you love you too toodles toodles